Welcome. My name is Lauren Walker Zaffer, and as your podcast host today on Redefining AI, I welcome you warmly to our podcast series and this exciting episode. Redefining AI is a podcast hosted by Squirrel and the Squirrel Academy. The podcast focuses on key narratives and discussions that drive digital innovation and help people understand artificial intelligence, machine learning, insight engines, and the insight era. In this particular episode on Through an AI Lens, we have the great pleasure of hosting Tom Allen, an AI enthusiast, ambassador, advisor, and successful founder. Tom is the founder of the AI Journal, a very very well-recognized and free open source information hub on everything to do with AI and emerging technologies. Now, this is our first time hosting Tom, and I'm very much looking forward to our conversation and to discovering more about his impact on the field, the trust that he is building through creating awareness around AI and emerging technologies, and what he would personally like to see more of in this space. So welcome, Tom. Thank you, Lauren. Really excited to be on the show. I've listened to one of the episodes and it's an awesome show. And I remember when we were talking about it before and very excited to share this time with you today and uh, hopefully add some value to the audience and to yourself and to anyone that's listening. So thank you for having me. Excellent. I'm sure that they're going to be able to to learn a lot from you. And I think that we'll take this next 20, 25 minutes just to discover um, where you are. I mean, maybe we can sort of start by sketching a scene. <laughs> We've all got a unique journey. Um, so maybe let's begin with your journey, Tom. And uh, where are you just now? So if you want to know where I'm located <laughs> in Birmingham. Uh, with my journey and with uh, with uh, the AI journal, it's a very exciting road and it's been a lot of ups and downs in a very short while and I'm very transparent with that and I think that's what people appreciate. We're very open and I always share where we are currently and what our challenges are and what we really need to be doing and what we're pushing to do to help more people, to help more businesses. But it really started um, back a few, uh, two years ago, so we're still relatively new on the scene and we're still a uh, growing company and it's very exciting to uh, see what we've achieved so far because ultimately it was uh, when people asked me how did he start it it was out of selfishness because I wanted to find out more around AI and emerging technologies I was in it on a day-to-day basis and uh, I was well not AI I was involved with machine vision I was involved with robotics and manufacturing background and big engineering solutions uh, with automation and that's really what led it to uh, to make me think of the AI journal and uh, today it's uh, been a very fun journey but people commend me and I say well we're just at the start so we've got a long way to go and it's uh, it's brilliant to see how many people have come on board to trust us and use our platform and yeah very humbling experience and to, to share time with people such as yourself Lauren to to tell people how it can help and how we can help people and um, also anyone else that's looking to start their own side gig or business or whatever they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that it came out of uh, a, a selfishness. What what exactly was that, this selfishness? Yeah, so in engineering, I saw a lot and I came from an uh, agency background and I wasn't great at an agency. I don't know if it was just a focus or working on different accounts. But anyway, I only had one account that was 
software as a service and it very attuned with me. I remember it was my favorite uh, customer that I worked on and looking at it when I went into engineering, so manufacturing and doing with big logistic hubs and big automation solutions, big food, like the companies that supply Tesco and Waitrose and all the solutions that went behind it, just really, I had to up my game very quickly and I had to read a lot in my spare time, but nothing was really getting me understanding how these technologies work from a not unbiased obviously you're always gonna have to occasionally go through those kind of uh, roads where people will be biased towards something but i couldn't actually see how does this technology work so how does ml ops work or how does ai or how do you come up with a solution or what's the roadmap to make sure your data sets are all clean and i really wanted to understand because it a interested me but b I could take that back to the company and it might be a new solution that they could have, have an add-on. But I'm also dealing with all the big robotic uh, manufacturers like KUKA and ABD and FANUC uh, to the smaller ones like Staubly and uh, Omron, which is a cobot company. Um, so if you touch it, it stops and it's much more uh, safety, uh, much better for safety. And that really led me to think, what is this? And how, how can I make sense of this? Because I've got to go write some case studies up and I can't write them very well if I don't understand the technologies they're using or the languages they're using for uh, programming it. And that's where I really thought I should just start a blog and I should write about it myself and I should invite other people because I don't know what I'm talking about. And that scaled it. I mean, it was very slow to start with the trust and to get over that bump, but then you get a few notable people and all of a sudden it, um, it naturally... Um, gained traction and I was very grateful for it because I got to learn a ton and all of a sudden I don't know how well it reflected on my work but um, I was very well trusted in that role or at least I was told I was and I think that came off the back of learning more around these uh, technologies and really taking a keen interest as I encourage anyone to do. Yeah I mean there's probably two strands that I'd like to follow there so do you think that there was a collective also frustration I mean had you spoken to people afterwards and found that they'd also felt that there was a lack of discourse or a lack of information that was available in understanding these new technologies yeah and it's still so that's why I carried on with it because it's mm -hmm. the number one thing that I always get and people love us because they think well it's uh it's not one and I'm not saying publications are one-sided but when we it, it, it seems that way when sometimes in the conversations I have because we don't really write much content ourselves. Obviously, I write from time to time, and I'm a, that's, that is one of my good skills. But we really have it that by being open source, you're going to get a lot more flavor and a lot more opinions on where things are going. And I really like the view, and people have told me this isn't just my view, but I really like that I get told it is really, it, we come from it as a not right or wrong answer. We come from it as, okay, that's your opinion. If I can take parts of that article, whether it's about MLOps or whether it's about how IoT is going to change or the future of smart cities or uh, what problems you need to look out for if you're a junior data scientist and how you can structure it better, uh, how you can structure your data better, it keeps it much more fresh and much mm -hmm. more new. And I think that's why people, A, like us and tell me they like the platform and um, keeps it not very we're not very consistent at times but it keeps that nice tempo of you don't know what's coming through the door and you don't know what the next person's going to be writing about and we don't have that kind of agenda yet maybe we will have that arm and that is part of my vision as a 5 10 15 year vision to have that side to it but i always want to keep it open source because i learn a lot more and it's the key word collaboration which brings a lot more opportunities and it brings a lot more knowledge and people tell me that's what they love about it so that's why i'm very very happy for it yeah, I mean, what I'm actually sort of creating a parallel in my old my own mind to is the fact that here at Squirrel, obviously, we try to collate we collate all unstructured data sources to try and yeah. provide accessible insights to information. 
Now, do you feel as well that, I mean, some people might challenge what we've just been talking about and say, ah, well, I'm sure there's loads of information around emerging technologies and there's accessible information on that blog post or on that company's website, or they've dedicated a specific forum for people to engage in it. Yeah. Is it maybe an overcrowding and too much information and you've found a niche where with the AI journal you can collate it and ensure that people have one accessible point of access. Yeah and I think it's a really good point because obviously if you go on to certain publications they're posting a lot of content I think Daily Mail they're not related you might know the Daily Mail as well I'm sure a lot of people yeah. are familiar <laughs> with it and I read that they do upwards of 10,000 pieces of content a day and it's that's ridiculous like how you can get to that that many articles being pumped out and i think to bring it back to what we do we aren't we, there's some days where we don't publish and there's some days where we don't have that information and obviously we've got quality control to make sure what you're writing is not nonsense and we we do double check that the people coming through but i mean that's that's why we love it because the same person might disagree with an article that we have on but then they'll, they'll agree with the next one so it's a very interesting way of making sure that it's that and that's why i always look at it as thinking well if we can't have that collaboration aspect and that's why i'll always keep it free and i'll always build those relationships with those people that are very kind to give their time and write because that's ultimately we don't want to put a price on it and we don't want to stop a barrier and i think it's a good way as well lauren because you made a very valid point if they are wrong they're in a community where they can be told that they're wrong and they can be told and or not wrong but it's incorrect information or that's not actually how it works and that's so much more valuable for them because they can think actually maybe i missed and it's not a it's not a, a, a prejudice or it's not an angry point of view that you've got this piece of information wrong i think it really opens a door to, to people to learn to improve and from people that tell us why they love it to create relationships and we've we've watched new businesses do new business with each other on multiple occasions all from an article or from just an introduction through what we've created and that that really is the part that makes me very happy so even if someone is wrong they've got that opportunity to learn from it and to take it back and also the other way if you flip the script lauren that people that are just starting out like a junior data developer or they can't get a position they've got good ideas and they've got cracking ideas because they see it from an outsider point of view that although it might not be fully correct, you can kind of see their roadmap for thinking. And that's vital to any business because ultimately younger people are our future and they're going to be the future leaders and they're going to be the future business owners or future heads of departments. And it's very important to have that kind of grassroots mindset and maybe earlier, like we're partnering with universities and uh, like ETH Zurich and um, all of them to look at Midwestern to see how, uh, we can foster younger and younger people to say this is maybe what you want to consider so it's a really good point and I yeah it's it, it's something maybe we need to watch out for but it's a it's a great it's a great way of learning and understanding which I think people love yeah I mean let's stick with that I mean I think I'd like to sort of touch upon a couple of points that you've raised there the first one is maybe the future and encouraging people to access material that they can then benefit from in the future. Yeah. I mean, you've you have been on the AI journal multiple times and I've seen that you cover a plethora of topics. Yeah. I mean, you cover big data, virtual reality, cloud compu computing, and now what we're um sort of discussing just now, the future of work. Yes. Now, where do you personally see a necessity to create more awareness is it in one particular topic is it a general trend 
And why do you see this necessity to create the awareness? Yeah, so there is a bit of a trend at the moment around ethics, of course, and I think mm-hmm. that will always be a trend. I don't think that's ever going to die, and rightly so, but it should always be questioned and new technologies are going to bring new concerns. And for that reason, I don't think ethics will ever be some. I think we'll still be talking around it 100 years from now. I don't think it's a hot trend. I think it's just a constant consideration. Is um, that because the humans, sorry, but is it because the humans in play? Yeah, 100%. It's, it's us. We're, we're, we make bad decisions. Any technology, uh, I think uh, Gary Vee said it correctly. He said the other week, and he was being interviewed by CNBC, and they were asking him around the metaverse, and they kind of tried to put an agenda on it. And he just giggled and laughed because they were like, oh, it's full of white supremacists, it's full of this. And he's like, any technology that's open to people is going to bring new problems. He's like, I don't think the metaverse, and I don't think NFTs are any worse than any other technology. And it's a replication of who we are as people. You look at your phone. It's a digital extension of me. Like, if you get my phone, you can understand a lot about me very quickly. And that's why people don't like to lose their phone. Because not only is it going to spike their insurance, but have to pay a fee, people can find out a lot of information about them very quickly. And not to go off the topic, but I think that's very important for ethics to understand what do we... And it is the human the loop aspect. Humans, over time, if you look at history, we make bad decisions. Whether it's going to war or saying certain things, or maybe much more minor, um, removing someone from a company, whatever it is, or saying something we didn't mean because we were in a bad mindset. There's so many factors that technology just needs to constantly take on. But ethics is always going to be a consideration. But I don't think a certain technology, whether it's IoT or a new mobile phone or metaverse or VR or an AI algorithm, it's all, to me, derivative from humans. We create it. It's our data sets. It's our thinking. It's not like data is just made up a whole new spreadsheet and said, there you go. Like it, it, it derives from us, whether that's the, the worst of the worst in the, on the planet or the best of the best. And I think um, a new technology will always need ethics behind it to, to whether to regulate it or to question it. And I think that's why it will always be a trend it won't be now and when my great 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 grandkids are around we're flying to different planets like it'll still be a thing. yeah I mean it's an interesting sort of concept to to ponder and I was actually listening myself to an interesting podcast a couple of days ago that was talking about the metaverse about digital extensions yeah. and how there's this actual reservation around the fact that the human might not be in the loop in it anymore i mean if you think about future generations and the awareness that needs to be created about there about the lack of human interaction in an actual digital environment yeah i mean there's so many considerations that need to go into that and my question would be there i mean like you are trying to motion yourself Tom with creating awareness around emerging technologies and educating people so that they can ensure that they're using it in an informed manner and that they can benefit from that I mean who needs to motion things better if we're talking about the field and all the players involved yeah so I always think it comes to the responsibility of businesses and they need to do more and we're having a discussion with kpmg um and great team that are looking at what they want to do and what they want to build and that's not to, to plug them here but they really had that mindset from what, what my conversation was and it's that's the kind of mindset people need to think okay how are we going to train not just the and i think we're caught in a and i know this isn't completely on topic but it's really what i see lauren we're caught in a a, a trance almost where we need to be thinking even to the younger ages so this, and i think i said if i was going to start a new business 
it would be AI open education because that is just ultimately if you can go in and save teachers time and you can go in and teach school kids and that's why I'm such a big fan of VR I posted a, um, a post about it on LinkedIn the other day and it was showing how you can learn a piano with a headset on increases your skills rapidly yeah, increases your immersion increases your talent whether you're learning a new language it puts you in that world and it's a lot cheaper and whether you're in construction so you can see the blueprints and you can share it with someone across the other side of the world or whether it's a school kid and you can put them in dinosaur age whatever it is and I think that goes to your point what it wasn't off topic it was to say well that's where i really see the problem of and we we got told at the last uh, i was at the air summit last year and the government were very open saying there's a problem with data scientists going to university not being taught the proper skills they come out of it they can't find a job but then at the other end of the spectrum you've got companies saying there's not enough skills for data scientists and i was kind of dumbfounded and i was like well these kids are going to do mathematics and advanced engineering or whatever it is that that correlates usually with data science or something and it, it's that kind of why well, if we can just take it even more grassroots level i think we will have a good chance of making it more unbiased and going back to our conversation earlier changing trends so ethics isn't such a lot and i'm not saying it shouldn't be it should always be a consideration for people but i do see that as the the, the companies get very caught up in what they're building and they don't look at well and we see it at the moment how do we communicate that message and that's why we uh, get our platform used whether it's with customers or other people or partners to say well how do we communicate this message lauren and how do we properly show because the average day person still doesn't know much about AI. It's a buzzword. You see, and we were, I was joking about it on one of my podcasts the other day on LinkedIn Live, and it was AI-powered. What does that mean? Like, it doesn't tell me much, like, to the average person. But it sounds cool. It sounds good. But when you go down to it, and I think that is where a real problem lies of how to paint that picture of, okay, for Squirrel, for example, if we plug this into your business, X, Y, Z. And I get it that it should be sold to businesses. But also, and not just using Squirrel as an example, but painting that picture to kids and to, and that's why my big thing is education. And that's why I say the platform is to educate as many people as possible on AI and emerging technologies, because that's where, where the shift is. And that's where the innovation is. And that's where the new ideas are. And that's where you get less people saying, oh, AI and the constant conversation. You've heard it before, I'm sure, Lauren. AI is going to take my job. And rightly so, because people, and I'm guilty of this as well, you don't want to do what you don't understand. And you don't want to be involved with what you don't understand because it scares you. I don't want to be in certain industries because I don't understand it. But if we can just build that a little bit more, it would all of a sudden be like, my, I'm very optimistic around AI because I, and I'm sure you are. And I'm sure most business owners that I know that are involved with cloud or OT, they're very optimistic. I never really come across a business owner that's selling AI and they go, oh, it's just going to be the doom of us. Like, no, no, I mean, understand it. Yeah, and that's the thing, and I, I can certainly uh, relate to 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 what you've mentioned there around the fact that the terminology and the narratives that are pushed in certain conversations yeah. are limited to different and minimal associations that people don't necessarily understand, or it's yeah. been misused, um, or they simply, as you've mentioned as well, that they're scared of talking about it because they feel that it is an untouched subject that they don't want to explore themselves. I also think, though, as well, that, I mean, technological changes, I mean, they're wonderful. And yeah, as yeah. you've mentioned, like with virtual reality, augmented reality, I've explored that myself in a lot of educational research. And the benefits there are tremendous. And we could have a whole conversation about those there. I certainly agree with you. But I think that the challenge sometimes with getting people to change and adopt 
different technologies in different ways is going back again to the human about habitual action and routines yeah. and getting people to really understand that it does require habitual change. It's not just a one-time change. It's about getting people to change their behavioral processes. And this can be, you know, like a four or five stage conscious process. So I think that for me, it's more about how can you encourage, and you mentioned that the government should be providing the skills and encouraging skill development, but what sort of frameworks and initiatives do we really need to enhance so that people can become more welcoming to active adoption and yeah. active change using these technologies? Yeah, that's a really great question because the government are doing a fair amount. Like it's granted that they're, they're you know, you see their, their missions and their statements and their new grants and everything they're trying to do to push it because they know it's the future of, of the world. Like it's uh, what did uh, Sachin Nadella say? He said, it's the it's going to be more powerful. AI is going to be more powerful than fire, wind, and water. To have a statement like that from someone as notable and as progressive and as proven at that stature, it's it, it makes you wonder like how do we need to get more people into these roles and into this area? But I don't I don't know the framework. It's still early days for me, and I would be very I would want to look and see how we can. But I do think businesses as a whole, and we're seeing that shift. You're seeing it with this podcast, and it's great that you're doing it, and other companies are doing it, and it, it's for training and education. It's to show that what is possible, and maybe a 14 year old will stumble across this podcast, and they'll be listening. And I think it all starts with that at the moment. It's not really we love to look. People that love technology love to look 10 years in the future. Look at Jeff Bezos. He writes quite clearly in his book, or he's quoted in the book that was written about him, working backwards, always looking three years in the future. And anyone that is in his executive team that's looking three years or less they're not on the executive team almost i'm paraphrasing but it's something along those lines and i think it's that way of thinking that we're never going to have frameworks for now to educate people if we're always looking at what the next technology is and that's why personally i don't blame anyone that does rate them but i don't like predictions because i think why do i need to know if agi is not going to be around for 100 years it's 100 years away like i do think you need it in the back of your mind but i'm thinking that situation will never come around if we mm -hmm. can look at how we can educate people right now and that's what I'd, i know it's not a, a, a detailed answer to your question but that's how i would look at it from my angle of thinking okay well how, how can we foster what we've got at the moment and that's really how if you want to stop climate change it's the common question you've seen this argument i don't know if it's right or wrong and i'm not uh, I'm either side has uh, got fair points but looking at it from well why is everyone looking at 10 years from now because if everyone stopped you saw it when the pandemic hit all flights stopped it showed you like the percentage of and that just proves if you take action in it now you, you stop future events but people don't and we just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and it's the same with and it's the same and i understand why because the world needs to re relies on all these technologies but it does make me think like, that just yeah how can we do more in the current day to to really foster that so you can paint that bigger picture which is a bit bit loose but yeah it's a, it's a way i kind of think about it excellent before we sort of usher ourselves to a close, I just want to, I mean, you don't like predictions, so I'm not going to ask you to predict what is going to happen next for the AI journal, but I certainly would I don't, would I don't like mind to... instincts. I don't, I don't like percentages where they tell me a certain industry is going to be worth so much. I'm like, I don't know what I'm for dinner in three weeks, let alone what a market's going to look like in five years, because 
but the next day a new technology comes out changes everything like look at windows 95 no one knew that was coming windows 95 comes home computing changes forever like that's why i don't like predictions but pandemic you can't no one no one in their excel sheets or project managers knew the pandemic was coming look how much that threw like <laughs> so let's talk about your now um what are you focusing on now at the ai journal yeah, so we're focusing a lot on understanding what are the new routes that we can help people with, how we, what tech, and we always work off feedback. So I encourage anyone listening to this and you, Lauren, always to say, what, what, what do you want? That's the best way I can always think, how can we build this in? And the answer might be no. Um, but currently, really, I'm a big fan of going to conferences. So we're really looking at how we can go to them and really position ourselves with those trusted brands, but also looking at you know, trends that we think and I personally are backing. So, and these don't have any stats with them, but I think VR is going to be the next mobile phone. I don't think we're going to have mobile phones in five years. Could be very wrong, but I've just got a feeling that it's moving to that extension because you're already seeing HTC or HTV with um, their bands that sync to their, to sync to their uh, headsets so you don't need it. So it records everything you're doing. And I can see the same with Google Glass and Apple Glass and whatever they get called coming out. And it's really important for us at AI Journal. And that's where I'm coming full circle to understand these. So when we do help customers or help anyone with research or we're helping the general audience to come onto our platform, we have a full scope of, OK, how is it that you're really going to impact that area? And that's something we're always working with our advisory board and um, with current customers and areas in the general public, which are uh, any contributors to really understand that and to really develop those avenues. So, for example, and this isn't a, a plug for it, but uh, if we can really create an ecosystem for people, that's much more than just a media outlet. That's brilliant. Like, how can we tie in things to make a conference more enjoyable for Squirrel as a company to go sponsor that? Because they know the impact is directly related to us creating an ecosystem to share trusted multiple sources of information and that's what we're really trying to build out through 2022 and today as well it's something i'm very passionate about and um how to foster that to reach more school kids i see a lot of conferences but i don't see many conferences for school kids which i can't get my head around which is something we would love to change no i mean that certainly um help you with that initiative um, it's something that I'd like to change as well and you do see the necessity I mean I think that it's been introduced more and more especially in Europe into general curriculums yeah. touching upon topics like internet of things slowly uh, AI machine learning yeah. um, from a very basic level um, so that people are aware of the interactions that they're having on a daily basis and understanding what the software is behind it. But I think that there's a huge necessity, especially not only for younger kids, um, but for the market as it stands in general. And that's why we are working with um, you guys as well um, to ensure that we can create that ecosystem and accessible environment where people can really profit from learning about AI emerging technologies yeah. um no yes yeah, i'll mean, give a recommendation yeah. as well if anyone is watching and this is just my personal viewpoint to any company or to any brand owner or marketing manager or whatever it is to my background marketing always think about it and it sometimes goes over people's heads but always think about it from story driven rather than product driven because and it's not harsh to any business out there 
the technology is available. Some technologies might be a little further out of reach if you're trying to copy Google Cloud, for example, the resources and the, the barriers to entry. But there's a lot of companies that are coming up, and you see it especially within RPA, that are really going to challenge companies such as UiPath because of their model and because of how they're telling a story and how they're getting inclusion and how they're doing certifications. And that's what I'd really, a trend I see going back to your earlier point and be just my last closing comment. If you are looking at it that way, because we see press releases, it mentions a product upgrades and updates, which is great. I'm very happy for them and we publish it and we'll make noise about it. But if someone comes to us with a story and this is how it helps the everyday person and this is how it helps your community, which one do you think performs better? Because in my eyes, the one that always speaks to them is always the one that performs a lot better. And I'd always consider that not just from a press release point, point but from anything within the business. If you can tell a story with it, it's much more important today than it ever is before because all the conferences or the keynotes everything i've seen is how does this impact them and how can we educate them on it and you touched that point and screw does a great job on it as well with this podcast and other initiatives i've seen you do but to, just to the audience that would be my um keen recommendation to to help you with your your, your journey whatever business you're in thanks tom i mean i'm sure that people will be able to profit from that especially all of the listeners um, and I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for sharing um, such valuable first-hand knowledge and uh, giving us a little bit more information about the AI Journal and what you're motioning um, as a community. I'd like to also thank everyone that's listening today. And if you'd like to find out more about Squirrel and the Insight Engine, then go to the Squirrel Academy on learn.squirrel.com and access all of our educational material. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Thanks, Tom.